thank you for taking us out of our homes today to engage in all those uh, productive activities today. Thank you for bringing us into this place today. Thank you for what you are purposed to do in our lives. Father, please accept our praises in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we want to look into your word. We ask, O oh Lord, that you please, O oh Lord, incline our heart to receive your counsel. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let your name be glorified. The grace to manifest as your sons grant unto us in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, everlasting Father, for we prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Please, um, please let us be seated. And uh, I'd like somebody to read the scripture for us. Galatians chapter 4, we'll read from verses 1 to 4. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Who is reading? Uh, sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. It looks like uh, the movement is uh, distracting some of us. And so, please, let, let's just relax. Okay, L let's read again, sir. Galatians chapter 4. Please, I'd like you to listen. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differeth nothing from the servant, though he be lord of all. But it's under tutors and governors until the appointed time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Verse 5 is fast. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. The God bless you, Thomas, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, last week in our study of the manifestation of the sons of God, in our Bible study of the manifestation of the sons of God, we considered the implications of sonship. And we said that part of the implication is the obligation of sonship, of sons. And we said that sons we are required, obligated to glorify God in our body. Because God dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. And so it is important that we do not profane His Holy Spirit through impure, immoral, or unhealthy living. Rather, we are to live our lives to honor our God. We also said that part of the implication is the assurance of sonship. We have the assurance that we were children of God because the Spirit of God himself bear witness with our spirit. And that's the reason why when you give your life to Christ, somehow you'll be, there's some kind of um, 
some kind of quietness in you, satisfaction in you, you, you think that you are doing right. You think you are doing right. You, you feel good about it. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says, The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Last week also, we talked about the privileges of the sons of God as part of the implication of uh, being children of God. Now, we know that the eternal life in heaven is our full inheritance. However, before we get to heaven, whilst we are still here on the face of the earth, there are certain privileges that we have to enjoy as children of God. And I recall that we talked about the privileges of access and attention. The privileges of access, the Bible says, the privileges of access and attention, the privileges of, uh, the privilege of intimacy. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 15, it says we are able to call God Abba Father. We also talked about the privilege of uh, authority. Because as sons of God, we bear the authority of God. And so that's the reason why we will lay our hand upon the sick. And the sick will recover. That's how we can cast out devil. And I, I think I've said it enough here. When we cast out the devil, when we command the devil to go, it is not because we are pastors. It's because we are children of God. And so any child of God can cast out the devil. It is not pastoral or, uh, uh, privilege. It is something that is given unto us, all of us, as children of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So we talked about the privilege of um, authority. And we also talked about the privilege of care and provision. That is how we can call God and ask him to give us this day our daily bread. Jesus told the disciples to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on us as it is done in heaven. He now says what? Give us this day our daily bread. The same way we request for our needs from our earthly father. We are permitted to request for our needs from our God, the Father in heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. So today, we shall start looking at the portraits of son. I remember that was what I said to us last week, that we shall consider the portraits of sons. We shall look into the lives of the children of God who manifested, in the Bible, who manifested as sons of God indeed. Now, before we get into those uh, portraits, let's quickly clear something about sonship and uh, children, because that is what we read in the scripture that we read in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Now, in the context of our theme, this theme, the manifestation of the sons of God, there's a difference between a child of God and a son of God. Generally, we look at it as the same. But in the context that we are considering, there's a difference between just being a child of God 
and being a son of God. The scripture made us to understand that you are not able to lay hold on what belongs to you by inheritance when you are still a child. You can't get what belongs to you when you are still a child, even when your name is a kind of a attached to it. Galatians chapter, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, Now I say that they hear, as long as is a child, different nothing from a servant. That is, he can't, he can't claim anything. Though he be Lord of all, he owns all things, but he cannot lay claim to it as long as he's still a child. The Bible says in verse 2, it says, but he's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, when Paul was speaking about adoption in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. He was alluding, I mentioned it, I don't know when it was that I preached in the church. I mentioned it. Paul was actually alluding to a culture that they had in Rome. It was actually a kind of process, a kind of ceremony. It's a process by whereby a child who was not part of a family, it's not only a process by which a child who was not a, a part of a family is assimilated into the family. But rather, it is a ceremony where they recognize that a child has become matured and it can lay claim to what belongs to him by inheritance. Praise the name of the Lord. So they had a ceremony like that. And that was what it was alluding to. It's a time when it's recognized as being matured enough to be able to get what is, I mean, what belongs to him. And so you can see that is exactly what we're talking about. As sons of God that will manifest, we will not behave like children. We will not be like children anymore. And so, like I said, what is the difference between a son and a child. The difference between a child and a son is compared to, you know, childhood and adulthood. Childhood and adulthood. Now, a child is still a, 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 an infant, as it were, and a son is an adult. A child in Christianity is one who just came into the faith a newly converted born-again Christian that is referred to by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 as newborn babes. The scripture says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Okay, so the child is the one that is just born again. Or one that has been born again for quite some time but has refused to grow. And so you want to begin to ask yourself, are you actually growing? Are you actually growing? That is when you can actually call yourself a son of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5, 
verses 12 and 13, you will know whether you are growing here. The Bible says, for when, for the, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that won't teach you again. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. He said, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And so when you see somebody that even if he has been born again five years, he has been born again five years, and he cannot explain 2 Corinthians 5.17, then you want to say that even when he has been born again for quite some time, he's still a babe. It's not matured enough. And so that's what that scripture is saying. He said, when you are supposed to be a teacher and certain basic things about Christianity, you still have needs to be taught. What he's saying is that then you are a babe. And so, like I said, you begin to check yourself whether you are a babe. The Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. A child is tender and cannot handle tough things. The tough things of God because it's still tender. That is the reason why little things are given to him to handle. And so you will see that there are certain things that we cannot say to certain people because we know that they can't understand. And so you have to, you have to, when you want to say something to them, you prime them very well. You package the thing very well so that they will not misunderstand you. So you are not giving them something that is too tough. You treat them as babes. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He said, I have fed you with milk, and not with milk, for it at all you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, they're not able to, Paul was saying, I can't talk to you the way I should normally talk to you. Because you have not actually shown me that you are matured enough to receive the kind of a thing that I should be talking to you, the way I should be talking to you at your level. And so that's the reason why I have to say it in such a way that you can see, take it. Praise God. Praise God. For example, they say to somebody, um, we're going to go, we're posting you to a place. And he's saying that, why me? Then who else? And he begin to look at that place. Why would you take me there? Then who should go there? Now a mature person will say that I think God has something to do there. I don't know why, but I think God has something to do there. Now I'm going to go there. Some years back, after building a church, big church, I was then taken to a church that was under canopy. Now, I think it was actually something malicious, but it's okay. I, be, I believe that God had something that I was, 
um, equipped for something that I need to do there that only me could do. So I got there, I went there. And when I got there, I thought, you know, quickly, I thought that, oh, I think because I have the grace to build, God wanted me to go and build. But after some time, I realized that, I even said it to people, I said, I thought that God wanted me to come and build church, but God wanted me to build building, but God wanted me to come and build the people. Because when I got there, I realized that they were not even doing workers' meeting. Canopy, who wants to come and be cleaning wet chairs? So they were not coming. Okay. And they needed somebody that was a bit patient. And so I, I was pleading with people to come. And I will, unlike regular redeemed person, I say, you have to come at seven, you have to come at seven. These people that are not coming at all, you tell them, well, they won't come. So I said, okay, don't worry. Um, it is seven. Seven is the standard we're meant to meet. But if you can make it for 7.30, that will still be okay. But even if you make it 7.45, still come. Just don't worry, just come. That's how they started coming, though. And the people eventually started coming at 7. Gather people that have been in church and they started together. Because the believers class used to be my forty. So I began to teach them believers class, and I didn't call it believers class because if I had called it believers class, they would run away. They have been in the church since the beginning, and around to start calling, teaching them believers class, they wouldn't. So I packaged it very nicely. I was teaching them. So by the time I got to, I had not done like maybe six studies. I said, amongst us here, from what I have said so far, does anybody think that they need to be born again? All of them raise up their hands. Oh, so that was how. They became born again. I finished teaching them. I took them for baptism. I started teaching, believer, um, digging deep. I said that's how the church started growing. So it was not essentially to go and build buildings. So that looked quite apparent. That looked like that was what God wanted me to do. But in the actual sense, it was to come and build the people. So there's something that God has designed me to be able to do in that place. That's why he took me there. But if I was still a baby Christian, I'll be wondering, because I don't, even, I don't usually, you know the interesting thing about God with me is this, eh? usually the places that I didn't like, that's the place God posts me to. Posts me to mile two. I didn't know mile two before that time because I don't. Then from there, they post me to Ikorodu. Me, they gave me land, to, to government land, I refused in Ikorodu. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Few, few weeks after I passed through this place for the first time, I got the letter that I was coming here. <laughs> I never knew a place like this existed. <laughs> Praise God. So, that is what I'm saying that as babes, you can't take some things. And so you see the reason why when we tell you you are going to go to that place, the way you react will let us know whether you are a son or you are what? A babe, a child. Thank you very much. God bless you. The Bible says, sorry, it, uh, okay, as a child, I mean, a child is carnal. A child is ruled and controlled by the flesh. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. The Bible says, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there's among you envy, strife, and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? 
However, a son is a person that is fully grown, spiritually matured, and able to handle responsibilities on his own. That is a son. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 5, chapter 5 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. The Bible says, strong meat belong to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They are matured enough. That's the senses exercise. They, they are matured enough to be able to determine what is good and what is wrong. Sons are not carnal, but they are led by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So, really, because we are talking about manifesting as sons of God, the spiritually matured are those who can actually manifest as sons of God. So, we're going to quickly look at portrait. We're going to start looking at portraits of sons of God. And uh, I think we're just going to look at one of them today. And we're going to see what, what God will help us to learn. I'll be looking at the gentleman called Isaac. Isaac was clearly not a babe. He was not a child. He was a son. So that was the reason why he manifested as a son of God. At a period when the fortunes of people dwindled, even some of them completely went into bankruptcy because a terrible famine hit the, the community, the town where he was living. The Bible made us understand that Isaac was great. He went forward and grew until he became very great. The Bible made us understand that he even became the envy of the people that, are, that were in his community. Genesis Chapter 26, verses 12 and 13. We will see what Isaac did. Genesis chapter 26, 12 and 13. The Bible says, Isaac planted crops. The Bible says, sowed in that land. And in the same year, reaped a hundredfold. Because the Lord blessed him. And the Bible says the man became very rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became extremely wealthy. And so we will quickly identify four things that Isaac sold in the land. The Bible says he sold in the land. We'll identify four things that he sold in the land. Number one, he sold obedience. Somebody say obedience. obedience. Please say it very well. Obedience. Okay, good. Isaac sold obedience. And that was the reason why he manifested. He sold obedience. 
we know the story very well. There was a great famine in the town where he lived. And apparently, he attempted to relocate to somewhere else. But God instructed him and asked him to remain where he was. And Isaac remained where he was as God directed. Isaac obeyed. Obedience is a submission to another's authority. And when we're talking about the children of God, obedience is submission to the authority of God. But the, the unfortunate thing is this. As Christians, many of us have difficulty in obedience, though we don't want to agree that we have issues with obedience. But by the time we look at what I'm going to be looking at right now, you will also agree with me that most of us, we, we, we're still struggling. And I'm praying that the Lord indeed will help us. The, it may be the reason why we have not manifested is because our obedience had not been complete. The Bible says that God will judge every disobedience until, he will not judge any, all the disobediences until our obedience is complete. And so maybe the reason why some of the things that we expected to happen in our lives have not happened is because we have not been in full obedience. The Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Now, let me use the issue of Saul, the king, to illustrate this issue of uh, obedience and, or, uh, or disobedience. We are familiar with the story of King Saul, who was told to go and destroy the Amalekites completely. First Samuel chapter 15. In verse 3, the Bible says, now go, that was the instruction that was being given by Samuel. Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belong to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkey. You will see that the instruction was very clear. Because of what they did, the instruction was that King Saul will go and destroy everything. In fact, if you read this thing from King James Version, it will talk about utterly destroyed. Now, Saul the king recognized who made him the king. And he was really willing to obey God. The moment he was given the instruction, he took off as he was commanded. And he truly destroyed everything. Except that he speared Agag, the king of the Amalekites. He speared the best of the sheep and cattle and the fat calves and lambs. Everything that was good. They were not willing to destroy them completely. But everything that was despised, everything that was not okay, they totally destroyed. Now, what was the instruction? The Bible says... God told him to destroy everything. But he, he did, he went out and he destroyed some of the things that he wanted to destroy and he spared some things by the time he got there. So from this you will know that this gentleman was willing to obey God. But he had a problem going through with the desire that he had to obey God. And so that is what you need to understand that many of us children of God, we are willing to obey God, 
but we find ourselves not obeying him, or at best, not obeying him completely. Now, why? There are few reasons, factors that are responsible for this. Number one, sometimes because of personal preference. Because of personal preference, Saul wanted to obey God. But when he got to Amalek, and he saw things, and he was tempted to be selective in his obedience. It is important that we are able to set aside our preferences in order to fully, to be able to fully obey God. Many of us, we obey what we want to obey, that's preference. And we turn from other ones that we're not willing to obey. Another thing is this, sometimes the flesh will come in the way of our obedience. Again, the story, King Saul saw Agag, the Amalekites, the Amalekites king. And probably he thought, this guy is a wealthy man. If I kill him now, how will I have access to his wealth? He will just die and the thing will be buried somewhere. And so he probably spared him so that later he will be able to tell him, oh God, where is your clinical? Torture him so that you could get whatever he could get from him. He also did not destroy all the cattle, all the sheep as instructed by God. Why? Because those things were very fat. <laughs> you look at it, you know, those things were quite, they are very fat. And he decided to spare them. And those ones that were like, like this, just kill rubbish. But he spared those ones that were looking good, they were okay. He saw, and what he saw appealed to his flesh. The reason why many of us are having difficulty in obeying God is because there are things that appeal to our flesh that come in the way of our obedience. For him, it was King Agag and those goods. To some people, it could be other things. Whatever it is that enters your eyes, that's the street language, enter your eyes. Some of them have a way of being between you and obeying God. It was entering the eyes. The thing that entered the eyes of um, Eve that made her to fall. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. The Bible says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise, she took of it, of its fruit and ate. She, she also gave to her husband, and he ate. He, she saw something that appealed to our flesh. Something to appeal to our flesh. What about the gentleman called Achan? You know, the instruction of God was that they should destroy everything in Jericho. 
And so as they were destroying, as they were destroying, 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 the man now saw something and the thing entered into his eyes and just kept part of it. And so when he was eventually caught, he confessed it in Joshua chapter 7 verse 21. Joshua chapter 7 verse 21. The Bible says, when I saw, that's what he said, it's not me. He said, when he saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a weight of gold weighing 50 shekels. He said, he coveted them. That is a thing. And so, sometimes the reason why we are not able to obey God is what? The flesh. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Remember what we said when I was talking about the difference between the son, a son and a child. A child is carnal. It can easily be moved by the flesh, by the things that it sees and all that. Ruled and controlled by the flesh. The Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Another reason why it can be quite difficult for us to obey God is that the instruction may, be, may not be convenient for us. Remember the story of Abraham. Abraham was told to leave his family. He was told to leave everything that he knew behind, to go to a place he didn't even know. That's not convenient. That's not easy. That's not easy. That's not very convenient. At another time, he was told to offer the son, the one that they loved. Even God said it, the one that you love. That's not too convenient. But the truth is this. We really cannot please God if we always look at easy way of doing things. If we always consider our convenience, if we consider the things that we like, it may be a little difficult for us to please God. I remember many years back when computer was still computer in the 90s. I bought a computer from the US. The brand was Compaq Presario. It was actually the Rolls Royce of cars in those days. Compact Pesarios. Well, few people that had computer were using what they call compatibles, unbranded systems. It was Compact Presario. And you just need to put a little to it to be able to buy a car. So I bought it, somebody brought it from the US. I paid twice. This computer was sitting quite nicely where I put it. And it now came to my heart that I should give the computer to church. Ah. The, the compact presario that I bought was essentially for designing. For designing, you need a big machine. And the things that we were doing in the church, we didn't need a big machine. And so a very cheap, compatible will do the work. But that was God, what God put in my mind to give my beloved compact presario. My beloved compact presario. I turned it around in my heart. And I knew that with a fraction of what I used to buy that computer, I would, and everybody would be happy. 
But I didn't have any rest. That was what God wanted. I told my wife, I said, it's okay. What we need to do in the church is to be able to do what processing and all that. Okay, so compatible will be okay. And so I thought it was okay too. But I didn't have any rest. I didn't have any rest. Until one day, I took the young man who was handling our IT, the company I used to work, because I was the one in charge of procurement and maintenance of IT in the company. So I told him, he had access to my house, he had access to the church, he does a lot of things for me. I just told him, go so that I will not see my beloved compact being taken away. You know, so I just told him, go pick the system and go and install it in the church, and that was it. And so I removed my eyes. And by the time I did that, I felt good. I felt happy with myself. And I know that after that, a lot of doors were opened unto me. Now, do you know my boss in the office? The moment we talked about it, they said, oh, linear, oh, linear. Why was he calling me a thief? He knew that I was using the copper presider to get something much bigger from God. He said, oh, linear, you know what God will do. <laughs> Praise God. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Was it convenient for me? It was not convenient. That was my beloved compact presario. As at that time, if I carried the compact presario and I took it to Shomolu, I'll be making a lot of money. My beloved compact presario. So, that is the thing. So, if you're looking at things being convenient for you, only you will not obey God. The Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Another reason why it is difficult for us to obey God is because sometimes we get pressurized by people. We get pressurized by people. We fall into the temptations of obeying, disobeying God when we're under pressure to please people. King Saul had a weakness of yielding to pressures from people. Unfortunately for him, he, he disobeyed God a few times because of this. Firstly, when he was meant to wait for the prophet Samuel, he was going to, you know, um, go into a war with the you know, the enemy, and they were ready, and they were waiting for Prophet Samuel because he needed to offer some sacrifice before they could go. That was what they were required to do. And Samuel said to him that he was coming, and Samuel took too long in coming, and the people mounted pressure on him. Now, because he was the king, he would have said, guys, wait. You are the king. They will wait. Do you know the moment he finished doing the sacrifice, Samuel came. If he had waited a little longer. But because he was under pressure, he did what he was not supposed to do. You agree with me that you will have done a lot of things that you were not meant to do because people pressurize you. And later you begin to look at the thing, should I have done such a thing? 
Another time in this case of these Amalekites, it was because probably when he got there, maybe he was just interested in King Agag alone. It was okay, but the people now began to see the, the cattle, big one and all that. You know what he said unto Samuel when Samuel came? He said unto Samuel, he said, we, they brought it so that they can use it for sacrifice. Who? They. You allowed them to make you to disobey God. Who? They. Now, who was removed as king? Did they remove them as king? So that is the thing. So some of the times when we, people pressurize us and we do things that are wrong, those, are not the, those people are not the ones that will suffer the consequences. You are the one that will suffer the consequences of your disobedience. And so it is important that we avoid a situation where we'll be pressurized and then we'll do things that we're not meant to do. Another thing is the poor understanding of the instructions of what it was meant to achieve. Obedience sometimes can be hard when we do not understand why God has required something. But sons of God will obey God even when they don't know why God is requiring it. Why? Because they already concluded that God is righteous all the time. God has a great plan. The Bible says they thought that they think towards us. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. They are thought of peace and not of evil to bring us to an expected end. They know. And so they are not able to tell why God is saying they should do. But sons of God will go ahead and do it notwithstanding. They are not understanding it in the full. But you see, children will say, ah, this thing I don't even understand. And they will flash it. There had never been rain before. Then God said unto Noah to go and be building an ark. Did it make sense? Did he understand fully? But he went ahead to do what God said, even when he didn't have a full understanding. Number two, the things that Isaac sowed in the land. He sowed hard work. He sowed hard work. Brethren, being children of God does not exempt us from hard work. Being children of God does not exempt us from hard work. God works. Jesus gave us good example of hard work whilst he was here. He said in John chapter 5 verse 17. John chapter 5 verse 17. He said, my father walked it at all and I walk. Jesus walked while he was here. After God created man and put him in the garden of Eden, the thing he said to him was to walk. The Bible says he assigned him to till the ground and keep it. And so you see that as early as man was made, walk had been introduced to him. And so hard work is one of the things that will make you to shine. Hard work is one of the things that will make you to manifest as sons of God. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. The Bible says, Hard worker has plenty of food, 
But a person who chases fantasy has, you know, get sense. Look at the Bible. Blessed then, speak pigeon English inside that Bible. <laughs> he said, has no sense. That translation says, yeah, has no sense. Hey, the man no get sense. Paul, the apostle, condemned laziness. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. The Bible says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not walk, neither shall he eat. He said, For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not walking at all. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. He said, For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not walking at all. He said, But they are busy bodies. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I really don't like people that are lazy. I don't like people who are not, who don't walk. I don't know. I think I started walking hard since I was age 18. So I've embraced work quite early in life. When I was a student, school was like part-time for me. <laughs> school was like part-time for me. And because I was sharp, I was relatively smart in that course. Unlike some other folks in the school, I could tell lecturers that you know that uh, this work is full-time for me and school is part-time. They would say, you are crazy, Jayoba, you are crazy, Jayoba. I'm crazy, but Ogba. <laughs> they're going to accept it. You know, they're going to accept it. Oga, I will, because our exams are practical, we do two days. Me, spend two days doing one exam. I take my script. I put it on my desk. I've gone to Longman. Those are the places where I get my job. I've gone to work. I'll come back in the night. I'm too tired. I'll sleep. In the morning, I'll come and do the thing. And I still did well. I also work that sometimes... I'll be too tired to sleep. I'll need to, I'm sorry, oh, one of the bad things that I did, I used to drink beer. I'll need to drink plenty beer to be able to knock me off to sleep. Walk. And so, it's not just natural with me to walk. And so, I tell my children, walk hard. Walk. Uh, they are not to forget God will reward you. Walk, walk hard. I tell people when they say, when people are telling story about where they walk, say, say, one bear. You know something? If there is walk there, they are not going to sack you easily. And so, your job is a kind of secured if they have walk there. So, throw yourself to the, in, to the walk and you're going to be good. Walk. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verses 4 to 5. He said, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest 
is a son that causes shame. Work hard. Work hard. When you work hard, you're going to have money. I've been writing checks since I was in school. I remember one of my classmates wanted to borrow money. And when I wrote a check for him, and I, that was a mistake, and I tore the check. He said, eh? Eh, oh, the fire? I said, yes, what's that? He said, ah, daddy, when, if daddy, if you make daddy to cancel checks, forget he, I my bed, I said, rule, forget. <laughs> Work hard. And so I can't stand people who are lazy. Now, when I talk about laziness, when I talk about working hard, I'm not talking about this alone. Listen to me. Now, if you are a person that should be earning 10 naira per day, and you say, Timba you want naira, get away. You are lazy mentally. Because there should be something, if a graduate should go and be carrying sand, you, you would think that I'm going to praise you. No, I'll tell you, you are stupid. Because there should be something that you can do that if, if you will need to be a graduate to carry sand, why did you go to the university? And so I'm not talking about the thing that you do with muscle alone. I'm talking about the thing that you do with your head. There are things that you can do that you can earn big money. Work hard. The Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. This gentleman was able, he was able, you know, to become very wealthy because he was hard working. He didn't fold his hand. At the time when there was famine in the place, he went out and he sold. Praise God. Another thing that he did was he sold faith. He sold faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, we know the scripture very well. Say, now faith is confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, let me look at the street definition of faith. That one, you know, faith is a confidence. All this big, big grammar. All this big, big grammar. I like to look at simple way of expressing this thing. I'm, you know, I'm an artist and uh, we don't speak big grammar. Uh, like you want to say let us go you say let's go Let, let's come but you know those big, big, big grammar will say let us be in the act of locomotion baba lawyer <laughs> you know they will say it at all. therefore let us be in the act of locomotion which is concerning with that <laughs> is it the same thing but they have to use that language that's the language that, who, who, who speaks like that who speaks like that? But that's the way they do their thing. But that is that's a street way of saying it. So let's look at the street way of talking about faith. Faith is acting based on the testimony of God. That's simple. Faith is just doing things, acting based on the testimony of God. It is the action you take because you trust him. Because you trust him, you decide to do what he says you should do. That's faith. Even when you don't know how the thing will pan out. But who said it? God. I'm going to do it. That is faith. Now, just think about it. Those who saw this gentleman sowing in that land, 
the land that was ravaged with famine. They would have thought that it was mad. They said everything that is dropped on the, in the ground, dried up, died. That was when this man went out and cultivated his place and he started planting. What do you think people would say? Listen to me. You will find in all the portraits of the sons of God that were going to be seen, you will see a lot of this man must be mad. Because the moment you start doing things that are not in line with the thinking of the people of the world, what do they say to you? What do they say to you? They say he's mad. And so this is something that you're going to find in nearly every character that we're going to consider. Sons of God, they are actually mad. In fact, I want, a pastor, I want one of these young people to preach that in our nucleus church. Praise the name of the Lord. Mad because his action was at variance to the thinking of the world. They will say it's mad, but it is not madness, it is faith. And so I encourage you to wear that as a badge of honor. When you begin to do things, for example, for example, you don't have too much. And God is ministering to you to empty your pocket. I'm not asking you to empty your pocket now. But God is ministering to you to empty your pocket into the offering basket. And you actually, you also, if you tell people, what would they say? Praise God. And finally, he sowed his seed. He sowed his substance. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10. The Bible says, For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and board, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now, that scripture is saying that God sends his rain to the earth so that the earth might bring forth seed and food for us. Seed and food for us. And so the food is to be eaten and the seed is to be sowed. Unfortunately, Many so-called children of God. They eat their food. And they eat their seed along. And so that's the reason why you pray and pray and pray. And you fast and fast and fast. And you dance and dance and dance. And you lift up your hands and we do all the gymnastics in the church. And at the end of the day, can I get something there? Why? Because the seed is to be sown to bring forth more. But you have eaten the seed already. And so you see, a wise farmer knows that when he gathers his corn, he will set some aside as seed. It doesn't matter what happens, they will not touch the seed. And they will make sure that the seed is sown so that it can bring forth during the time of harvest. But if you don't, see, if you don't sow anything... You will not get anything. You, there is this uh, song that the Egba people, I mean, are there Egba people here? Are there Egba people here? 
o se se na eje kajo se eje kajo se eyin rahawa agbe igbisu iyen a je yan agbe igbigbado iyen a je ko agbe yi kokebe iyen arasunio listen to me eh if what others are sowing and you eat your seed when they are harvesting you have nothing to harvest the seed time must precede the harvest time and so without the seed time there will not be harvest time so let me just round up by letting us know that it is only when we do the things that sons do just like this gentleman that we spoke about it is only when we do the things that sons do that is when we can manifest as sons of god the, from the story we know that whilst others were saying they say casting down in Gerar at that time, Isaac was saying what? That say lifting. Why? Because he knew how to sow. He sowed obedience. He sowed hard work. He sowed faith. And he sowed his seed. Now, if you will do this, if you do this, you will manifest the same way Isaac manifested. Let's rise to pray. Sorry, I didn't ask. No, 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 please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maybe somebody wants to ask one or two questions. Or you want to disagree? We used to, we used to disagree and agree in those days. Yes, sir. Sir, go ahead. Say it again. Uh, uh, I now radiate this issue with your wife that this is what your this is what God told you to do, and your wife disagree with you. You will go ahead and do it. Is it a sin or how does it look like? That's a very trickish one. You understand? Uh, because uh, I remember when they asked Jesus Christ, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Now, if Jesus has said that she should stone her, they'll say, uh, see the one that said that he has come to give life in abundance. If Jesus has said that they should spare her, they say, see the one that said he had come to fulfill the law. And so that's the reason why he bent down and he wrote on the floor. And so by the time he wrote on the floor, everybody came to see themselves in the script that he wrote on the floor and they ran away. So I want to bend down and write on the floor. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay, I just said that so that you can laugh. Okay, the truth is this. Somehow, somehow, if you present the matter nicely, if you have been a person who has been presenting things nicely to your wife and your wife has seen some other things before 
and recognizing that if you will do the things that God said we should do, we're going to get the benefit of it. It will allow you to do. You may just need to convince her. Now, it is not like it will be a sin for you to do it. No, it's not a sin. However, it could cause trouble in the house. So that's the reason why it would be wise for us to carry. For example, you know, I told you my own story about my beloved what? Compact Presario. Yes, I told you. Yes, I tried to speak to my wife and all that. And by the time I convinced her, she was okay with it. But the truth is this, eh? I'm not lying to you. It was difficult. Compact Presario could go for 40,000 naira at that time. And that thing was around 180,000 naira when money was money. So it was difficult. However, knowing that, I mean, the, because of the way we talk about things, we are both Christians, we married a Christian, we talk about things. There are issues that we have addressed together, serious issues in our life that we have addressed together by the hand of the Almighty. And so it was quite easy for us, for me to pull this one through. And so relationship with your partner will be what will help you to be able to address issues like that. So let's start cultivating good relationship with our partner so that when God is asking us to do what may be difficult for her to take, she'll be able to take it. Have I been able to help you a little? It's okay, thank you. Any other? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Contribution, good. But uh, sometimes when God asks us to do something, when God lays something in our heart, to be able to do great exploits for him, we, people might ask us to be mad. Uh -huh. It's actually dropped in my heart then. I just remember a slang that we used back then as a final year student. It's actually mad. Uh -huh. because, uh, and that mad was uh, tag making a difference. Making a difference. So That's if, it. If, if God asks us to do something, and sometimes people might tag us to be mad, but at the end of it, we're going to see that we're really going to make a big difference. difference. Yes. May God help us in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. It looks like you are the one that will take the microphone next time. <laughs> Papa, Papa, you be lucky. <laughs> Thank you very much. The truth is this. I've said it often time. If they have not called you mad... They, they have not seen anything too serious in you. We're going to see as we go on. If they have not actually called you mad. Okay, I was telling my son about this. I, I was doing business. I was doing business with one company. Um, one shipping company. And the money of shipping company is like cocaine. Make crazy money. And so the gentleman that I, my contact person there, the, the admin manager... We had been doing the business. The man had come to my house before, a little elderly, you know, a little older than I, rather. And I have great respect, mutual respect, because he knew I was a pastor and he a deacon in his own church. So we related very well. But we now got to a point when we were talking about some huge money. And he now asked me, he said, is that okay for you, Mr. Jalba? Is that okay for you? I said, well, that's okay, that's okay. And I said, this is what I will make it. And I'll put some crazy amount. Ah. Because of the respect that I had for him, I couldn't tell him off. 
Incidentally, that day, something happened that my wife had to go out with me, and she was downstairs in the car. By the time I got into the car, I told her, baby, my, ma. My wife ordered me to go upstairs and go and tell him immediately. And, ah, this affair, this affair. <laughs> but the following day, because my wife would not allow me to rest, I had to go there the following day, and I begged him. I said, hey, Josa, I won't try to explain to him that I won't be able to do that. I'm willing to share my profits with you. I'm willing to share my profit with you. But for me, and I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't be able to do that. And the man said, hey, I want more money, more work. And said all things. Dicky, no, leave me, no. Now, what now happened? One of my friends now got to know. He didn't even mind that I was a pastor. He said, we're eating What's your business? What's your business? It's not asking for your money. It's asking that you just add. He called me what? Mad. This man that had related with me very well before that time. Nice man. We have been nice to each other. By the time he went, he was going to speak about it to the person that linked up together. You know what he said? I will have said it here before. He said, where did you get that cranky fellow? Immediately, the cranky fellow. That's, what, that's how he described me. Cranky fellow. If they have not called you cranky, they have not seen you well as a Christian. Praise God. So that's why I pointed that thing out. People will normally see the sons of God as being crazy. But when they see you as crazy, what did I say? Wear it very well as a badge of honor. Let's rise to our feet. Let's appreciate God. Let's give him praise for the little that we have learned tonight. Let's, let's thank him for bringing us together. Let's thank him for the deposit in our spirit this night. Let's give him praise. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. We exalt your holy name. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, King of glory. We appreciate you. We are grateful to you, Lord. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We are grateful. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, the almighty God. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. I said, the, the first thing that I mentioned, um, talking about what Isaac sold, I mentioned that he sold, he sold obedience. And if you listen to me very well, you will see that we have difficulty with obedience. It sounds so simple. But we have difficulties with obedience because sometimes we want to obey, but something, our flesh is craving that thing and we will disobey. Sometimes because of the pressure of people around us, we don't do what God is asking us to do. Sometimes we even try it, but we don't do it in full. That is a partial obedience. But we're going to ask God, this prayer, I always, always pray. It is God that works in us to do what? To will and to do of his good pleasure. And so you're going to ask God, you're going to say, Father, 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 Father the, grace the grace to obey you fully. Please grant unto me in Jesus' mighty name. My Father, my God, Lord, I'm asking Jehovah, Lord. 
that the grace, the grace to obey you, Father Lord, I ask, O oh Lord, that you will please grant unto me, grant unto me, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant unto me, O oh Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant unto me, O oh Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Father, my God, Lord, I ask, O oh Lord, that you will grant me the grace to obey you, the grace to obey you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' mighty name, we prayed. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we prayed. Amen. Where people were saying there is a casting down, Isaac was able to say what? There is a lifting up. Why? Because the Bible made us to understand that instead of going down, the Bible says that it was great. It moved forward until it became very, very great. Obviously, it manifested as the sons of God in that place. Pray and say, Father, say, Father, everything that I need to manifest as your son in the community where I am, please grant unto me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My Father, my God, Lord, whatever it is that I need to manifest as your son. Father, please give unto me, O Lord. Give unto me, O Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Father, my God, Lord, I ask, O Lord, that you please give unto me, O Lord, everything that I need to manifest as your son. My Father, my God, Lord, grant unto me. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? You are blessed. Then put your hand together again for Christ. Our daddy has blessed us. So let us bless him. God, don't say God that God bless this man of God. Say God to bless him in all areas of his life. Bless him, bless his wife, bless his children, bless his work ministry in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear you. You are more money. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for what you have used our Father to teach us tonight. Daddy will bless him in the name of Jesus. In all areas of Sendevor, you will bless him in the name of Jesus. Amen. More anointing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Daddy. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. From what we, from what we have learned tonight, your seed determines your harvest. So bring a very wonderful seed out so that you have good harvest. Your, I'm, I'm talking about your offering now.
Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you all the glory. Thank you for the little we are able to give. Daddy, you bless us mightily in the name of Jesus. But adventure, we have some people here because of lack, they can't give. Daddy, you bless them in the name of Jesus. By the, by, by the time we come next week, they will come with plenty of money, plenty of sanctions in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Okay. Um, please sit down. Let's, let's listen to the announcement. Tomorrow, pregnant women by 6.30. And on Thursday, yeah, my cry of God by 8 a.m. to 10 in the morning. Then in the evening. We have the uh, prayer, uh, uh, faith clinic. Please, uh, there is something I see here. We don't even come to that night evening prayer at all. Maybe because we came in the morning. We don't know where God will answer your prayer. Maybe in the morning or in the afternoon or in the night. So I will advise you, anytime they announce anything, especially on this mountain, because God answers prayer here. Please endeavor to come. So I will see you on Thursday. Um, on, uh, I think we have one special program on Sunday for the, for the youth, right? Uh, the first service, right? And, and that, that first service is a Yoruba service. So uh, I want, yeah. <laughs> it's a Yoruba service. So, No, it's not. We are, we are not going to speak in Yoruba, but, but 